Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. It's three o'clock somewhere. Time for a My Mochi ice cream snack. My Mochi ice cream is cool, creamy scoops of premium ice cream wrapped in sweet, pillowy dough. And get this. All of My Mochi's fabulous flavors like strawberry, mango, double chocolate, and cookies and cream are only around 80 calories per piece. Talk about a guilt-free, indulgent experience. Each box of My Mochi ice cream has six perfectly portioned, gluten-free mochis that are great for grab-and-go. So feel good while curbing your afternoon cravings or the midnight munchies. Yeah, you know who you are with the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream. Find My Mochi ice cream at Target or visit MyMochi.com to locate a grocery store near you. Tonight, after the beating death of Tyree Nichols, what we're learning about that now disbanded specialized police unit known as Scorpion. How many other cities across America have similar teams? The news just becoming public. Two more Memphis police officers taken off duty. One of them seen here tasing the 29-year-old. The shocking things he's caught on tape saying. Ice storm brings brutal cold, the travel chaos. Slick roads lead to dangerous conditions and hundreds of flights canceled as New York prepares for single digit temperatures. Back to school in Virginia after a six year old shot his teacher, the elementary school kids who now need to go through metal detectors carrying clear backpacks. We talked to parents as one father says his son is still having nightmares. Deadly days in the Middle East. The Secretary of State arrives in Israel to ease tensions. The dating app manhunt. Police in Oregon tonight are looking for a man they call extremely dangerous, warning women he may be using apps to find his next victim. And remembering the original Wednesday Adams. Did you learn how to dance? How she inspired the next generation. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us as we begin a new week together. And as we come on the air tonight, we are following the ice storm that is hitting the South. Tonight, 15 states are under winter weather warnings and watches, with millions of Americans bracing for cold weather and dangerous ice from Texas to Pennsylvania. 
The other big headline is about that school in Virginia where kids are back nearly a month after a first grader shot his teacher in Virginia. They see, have see-through backpacks, new security guards. Well, tonight we talked to parents about how their children are doing. But for some major developments just in from Memphis, Tennessee, tonight we have learned two more officers were disciplined and relieved of duty in the deadly beating of Tyree Nichols. Also tonight, three Memphis Fire Department EMTs were fired in connection with the case. They allegedly stood around without administering care for nearly seven minutes. Also new tonight, Tyree Nichols' parents will attend President Biden's State of the Union address next week as guests of the Congressional Black Caucus. CBS's Elise Preston will start us off tonight from Memphis. Good evening, Elise. Good evening, Nora. We are just learning those three former fire officials could face criminal charges. Fallout over the brutal beating of 29-year-old Tyree Nichols sparked nationwide outrage and protests. CBS News has learned two more police officers, including Preston Hemphill, have been relieved of duty pending an internal investigation. Hemphill was captured on police body cam pulling Nichols from the car at the first traffic stop and tasing him. After Nichols runs away, Hemphill could be heard saying this. I hope they stop his ass. Hemphill was not present when officers from the Scorpion unit took Nichols down a second time. They were seen kicking, punching, and striking him with a baton while he was restrained. Nichols died in the hospital three days later. Everyone needs to see what the Memphis Police Department did to my son. During the assault, officers gave Nichols a series of conflicting demands. He was told repeatedly to show his hands while the officers were already holding them. Man, if you don't lay down, I am on the ground. And Nichols was told to get on the ground while he was already there. That was not even policing what we saw on that videotape. That was a gang of men attacking a 150-pound guy for what appears to be no reason. Tonight, both paramedics and a lieutenant who drove to the scene have been fired, and the Shelby County District Attorney is considering criminal charges. That's almost as egregious as what occurred to him to just sit there and watch him die because he could have lived. When you experience trauma... In Memphis, school counselors spent the day helping students process the trauma in their city. Now, the Memphis Police Department has not said what role that seventh officer played in this deadly incident. Meanwhile, loved ones and community members will hold a funeral for Tyree Nichols at this Memphis church on Wednesday. Nora? Elise Preston, thank you so much for your reporting there. Well, at the center of the deadly beating is a task force known as the Scorpion Unit. Well, and now the Memphis Police Department has disbanded the anti-crime group. In our CBS News investigation, CBS's Catherine Harridge takes a closer look at these specialized units used across the country. Footage released Friday night of 29-year-old Tyree Nichols' violent beating in Memphis has reignited the national conversation on policing in America. As well as the specialized unit blamed for Nichols' death, known as the Scorpion Unit. Scorpion Unit is uh, the acronym they've chosen for their, uh, what I would describe as their anti-crime, anti-violent crime unit. Former L.A. and NYPD Commissioner Bill Bratton. Usually it's focused on a problem that a community is having at a particular time. 
The Memphis Scorpion Unit was created in 2021 in response to the record high homicide rate. Bratton says there are reasons it ran into trouble. For these units to be effective and lawful, what measures need to be in place? Nature of these units uh, require significant supervision, something that was apparently missing in the Scorpion Unit in Memphis. And then, most importantly, training training and training. The five Memphis officers charged in Nichols' death were not longtime veterans of the force. A former Memphis police officer told CBS News the Scorpion unit training consisted of three days of PowerPoint presentations, one day of suspect apprehension training, and one day at the firing range. Similar issues plagued cities like Chicago, Atlanta, and Los Angeles. The Scorpion unit had gained its own reputation, often traveling in unmarked cars. It's a militarized, undercover culture that runs into communities. Community activist Devontae Hill. There are these special units that actually cause more harm than they do help in the community. Well, the Memphis Police Department said it will deactivate the Scorpion unit. Bratton told CBS News these anti-crime task forces are essential to policing when there is proper recruitment, training and supervision. And nor today, the Memphis Police Department did not respond to CBS News's questions. All right, Catherine Harridge, thank you very much. Let's turn now to that cold weather that so many Americans are experiencing with nearly 40 million under these winter storm alerts from Texas to Pennsylvania. In Arkansas, an ice storm is making for dangerous driving conditions and possible power outages. The morning commute came to a standstill in Dallas after roadways turned into ice rinks. At the Dallas-Fort Worth airport, crews are de-icing planes with hundreds of flights delayed or canceled and still to come dangerously cold temperatures. Let's bring in meteorologist Chris Warren from our partners at the Weather Channel. Good evening, Chris. Good evening, Nora. Dangerous travel conditions can be expected across parts of the United States because of ice, sleet and freezing rain and rounds of it through about midweek or so. This is the timing for that. Arkansas, Tennessee, including Memphis, into a lot of Texas here. The pink and the purple either going to be a mix or that freezing rain that can be so dangerous. And if you get enough freezing rain that accumulates, which is a possibility. There could be some down branches, down trees, which could lead to power outages at a time when it's going to be very cold. And as we look at the cold air that's going to be settling in for the end of the week, temperatures staying below zero for some. With these cold temperatures, New York is yet, Nora, to see their first snow of the season. All right, Chris, thank you so much. In Newport News, Virginia's students returned to the classroom today for the first time at the elementary school where a six-year-old shot his first grade teacher. Additional security protocols were in effect, and there's been a major staffing shakeup in the school's administrative offices. CBS's Caitlin Huey Burns is outside the school. When Thomas Britton picked up his six-year-old at the bus stop today, he felt relief. He said he had a great day. He seems upbeat and happy. Everything did go well. I think it could have gone uh, so much worse. Britton's son was in the same class as the first grade student who shot their teacher, Abby's Werner, on January 6th. He had a lot of anxiety. He loved Miss Werner um, quite a bit. Part of the new normal at school, increased security. Students were given clear backpacks this morning and told that any items, including their lunches, would be subject to search. Everyone was instructed to use only the front door of the building where two metal detectors were installed. This is a strong community and we're here united and we're here to welcome back our kids. 
School administrators have been strongly criticized for missing warning signs ahead of the shooting. The principal has since been reportedly reassigned and the school superintendent was ousted last week. Abby Zorner was shot in front of those horrified kids and this school and community are living the nightmare. All because the school administration failed to act. For parents like Thomas Britton, it's about more than physical security. I want to see teachers empowered. They need to have the power to act on the threats. And for now, students here are eager to move on. I hope everything will be like, like back to normal. Now, the school is also offering counseling services to students and staff at any time. And as for the shooter, his family says they are fully cooperating with law enforcement and that their son has been under hospitalized care since the incident. Nora. Caitlin Huey Burns, thank you very much. Well, the manhunt continues tonight for a suspect accused of abducting, beating and torturing a woman nearly to death this month in Oregon. Police warn that 36-year-old Benjamin Foster has been logging onto dating apps, possibly to hunt for more victims or find people to help him avoid being caught. Investigators say Foster may try to alter his appearance. Foster was previously found guilty in Nevada of holding another woman in captivity. Turning overseas now, Secretary of State Antony Blinken urged Israelis and Palestinians to ease tensions today after one of the deadliest weeks of fighting in years. CBS's Imtiaz Tayeb reports tonight from inside Israel. After days of deadly violence, that saw seven people killed, including six Israelis outside a synagogue in East Jerusalem. A massive raid by Israeli forces in the occupied West Bank city of Jenin, where 10 Palestinians were killed, and a series of punitive measures announced by Israel's new far-right government that would see the houses of Palestinian attackers welded shut and their families stripped of their rights, the backdrop for Secretary Antony Blinken's meeting with Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu couldn't be more tense. We're urging uh, all sides uh, now to take urgent steps to restore calm, to de-escalate. As the Biden administration tries to contain this latest surge of Israeli-Palestinian violence, it's also trying to navigate relations with Israel's new government, a coalition described as the most extreme right-wing in the country's history. There have been huge street protests over fears democracy could be at risk after plans to put more controls over the judiciary were announced, a protest movement Blinken appeared to support. The commitment of people in both our countries to make their voices heard, to defend their rights, is one of the unique strengths of our democracies. Blinken's visit was complicated even further after an Iranian military facility was targeted in a drone attack. Israel has not claimed responsibility, but has previously targeted sites inside Iran to prevent arch-rival Tehran from developing nuclear weapons capabilities. Now, as Secretary Blinken prepares to meet with Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas tomorrow, he called for, quote, urgent steps to stop the violence, violence which has made this the deadliest month here in several years. Nora. MTS Tayab, thank you very much. Well, a suicide bombing today killed nearly 60 people inside a crowded mosque in Pakistan. The attack took place in a compound that houses police headquarters in the city of Peshawar. Many of the casualties were police officers. More than 150 others were wounded when the roof collapsed. A Pakistani Taliban commander claimed responsibility for the bombing before a spokesman denied the group's involvement. 
Turning now to the war in Ukraine, President Biden said today the U.S. will not provide F-16s, denying a request from President Zelensky. And it comes as Russian President Putin is mobilizing more than 200,000 troops. And Russian forces have been pounding cities in eastern Ukraine with air attacks. CBS's Deborah Pata is there in battle-torn Bakhmut. Once home to 70,000 people, nearly a year of war has left Bakhmut a hollowed-out shell. The sound of artillery is constant. This city has been decimated and it's deserted, barring a few people still trying to eke out some kind of living here. Even a trip to the central square is done with one eye on the clock, the other on the sky. Cartier Battalion Commander Sierra Kozimierko is among the Ukrainian forces trying to prevent Russia seizing the city. Come on, come on. At underground high-tech command centers like this, his soldiers use inexpensive drones to stream live video from the front line, revealing it in astounding detail. Like this dead Russian soldier and shattered backyards where Russian troops were recently filmed crawling for cover. Artillery units also monitor the battlefield in real time. And as soon as they see the, yeah, all the tanks, they just start to shoot. Or if we notice first, we call them and we say, please uh, correct your fire. In the east of the city, Russians throw wave after wave of troops into the fight. They keep on advancing over their fallen soldiers. Third Operative Battalion Commander Anton Zadorozhny said, one group is destroyed, then another comes, then at night they collect the bodies. The men work, sleep and eat here in shifts around the clock. No job, too menial. Making sure for now, that on the blood-soaked battlefields just a few blocks away, Bakhmut still holds. Deborah Para, CBS News, Bakhmut. Back here at home tonight, another mysterious disappearance is raising questions at the Dallas Zoo. Did someone just steal two rare monkeys? That story is next. Rakuten's Big Give Week is back with 15% cash back. It's a festival of savings at hundreds of stores, including Doc Martens, Ninja Kitchen, and Hotels.com. Prep for summer and save big on beauty, travel, electronics, and more. It's one of Rakuten's biggest cashback events, and it's on May 6th through May 13th. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cashback boost. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app today. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod 
or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, two rare emperor tamarind monkeys are missing from the Dallas Zoo, the latest in a series of mysterious and troubling incidents there. Police say the monkey's enclosure was apparently cut open and the animals stolen. This comes after a clouded leopard escaped from an enclosure that had been tampered with and another monkey's enclosure was cut open. Zoo officials also suspect that an endangered vulture found dead last week was killed. and They have asked Dallas police to investigate. Now to this important consumer alert, the Rhode Island-based sausage company Danielle International is recalling nearly 53,000 pounds of ready-to-eat products because they may be contaminated with listeria. The recalled meats sold nationwide include salami and pepperoni sold under several brand names as charcuterie platters. So far, no one has gotten sick. All right, the actress who first played Wednesday in the Addams Family TV series has died. We remember Lisa Loring next The outpouring of tributes continues tonight for Lisa Loring, who was best known for playing Wednesday in the classic Adams Family TV series. This is the latest. It's called The Droop. Loring's performance inspired Christina Ricci and Jenna Ortega, who decades later stepped into that role. Loring also had a reoccurring part in the CBS soap opera As the World Turns. Her family tells The Hollywood Reporter she died of complications from a stroke. Lisa Loring was 64 years old. Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin posted his first extensive comments following that horrifying hit he took four weeks ago on Monday Night Football. In a video on Instagram, Hamlin thanked the medical personnel who kept him alive and his teammates and fans who've cheered on his recovery. A firefighter uses his life-saving skills and the love of his family to save himself. That inspiring story next. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So... What makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Finally tonight, a Texas firefighter is back on the job after facing the battle of his life. CBS's Omar Villafranca reports on the family he inspired along the way. Joe Selecki of the Irving, Texas Fire Department is back on the job after a four-alarm fight with COVID-19. He ended up in the emergency room in August of 2021. And pulmonologist comes in and says, Joe, you either elect to go on a ventilator or you pass out and I put you on a ventilator. The virus left the towering six foot five, 280 pound strongman with pneumonia in both lungs. He endured a weeks long medically induced coma and lost more than 100 pounds. You went from a mountain of a man to 
a hill. Yeah, I was, I was basically skin, bones, and organs. But what Joe didn't lose was his fighting spirit. He spent months in physical therapy, regaining strength and learning to walk again. This is just the opportunity to set an even better example for my kids to be like, look, you know, if you set your mind on anything, you can achieve it. It took more than 500 grueling days, but the 36-year-old is finally back on the fire truck. What was one thing when you got back on that you were like, yeah, I missed this part? All of it. All of it? Every last bit of it. He's not at full strength, but his crew says Joe's back serving his community 100%. Omar Villafranca, CBS News, Irving, Texas. We love our firefighters and glad he is well. That's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. What came first, the chicken or the egg? Spoiler alert, it's neither. At Happy Egg, we believe happiness of the hens is what actually came first, because without happy hens, there would be no such thing as happy eggs. You know, eggs with delicious orange yolks. Those come from hens who are raised the happy way on eight plus acres of family owned farms. Choose happy at happyegg.com and look for the yellow carton at a store near you. Happy. Egg.